Welcome to Vallejo's Community Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast on Sunday, November 24th, 2019. The Reverend Wendy Kamori Stager is preaching. Her message this Sunday is gratitude. The scripture this morning is taken from the Old Testament, Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Let us pray. We pray to you, O Holy Spirit, for you are the provider of insight and guidance. We ask you would give us your wisdom so that what we hear is the very message we need this day to hear most. We also ask you to help us to live out what you speak to us this day. Amen. Jonah! Some of you have been remarking to me, I I think I never knew the adult version of Jonah. I knew the kid version of there's a whale that scoops up this guy and then he goes and preaches to Nineveh. They said, I didn't know what a jerk he was. I didn't know he got that angry. We talked about whether Jonah might be suicidal or not. I mean, certainly he's always talking about death. This last piece is the last piece of Jonah. There are only four chapters, and this is the last chapter. And thank you, Scott, for giving us some of the context, right? Jonah had been sent to Nineveh. He didn't want to go, so he runs away, gets on a boat. God spits him back out of a whale, so then he's like, fine, I'll go. And he gives this five-word in Hebrew prophecy which I don't think he did with a lot of enthusiasm. Nineveh's going to be overthrown. And then God works in the hearts of the Ninevites and they repent. But Jonah is uh, displeased. We learn that that means probably more than displeased, right? He's, he is spitting mad about this. And he doesn't even speak back to God he stomps off. Which you have to think about is kind of ridiculous because he already tried sailing away from God and that didn't work. So stomping off to the edge of the city um, doesn't mean you're going to get away from God's presence. But he stomps off and it says he makes like a booth which might be like a tent or kind of a temporary shelter and he sat there. And sat there. And sat there. He was waiting to see what would become of the city. He's giving God a second chance to change God's mind and maybe smite the city after all. He's still waiting for the fire to come down with those like bolts of lightning and go zot and like zap the city. Now, if I were God, I'd be ready to send that lightning bolt down on top of Jonah's head, not Nineveh's head. Yes? Don't you want to, like, slap Jonah upside the head? Right? Or at least kind of give him a shake or a hard talking to. Because Jonah is just not getting this. Even though he says, oh, yeah, God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. What is he doing? He's sitting out on a hill waiting for destruction to happen. And here's the thing, though. God loved the Ninevites, but God still loves 
Jonah 2. God loves Jonah and God's the creator. And so even while Jonah is giving him the silent treatment, God causes this bush to grow up overnight. This is an exaggeration. Remember, this is a story meant to tell us something. You know, bushes don't grow in the night and they don't grow that fast. But this bush grows overnight. They think it might have been like a bean plant or a vine. And this leafy bush that wasn't there before comes into Jonah's life. He's got some shade. He's got some small comfort. And for just a little while, Jonah is happy. He's kind of relaxed. But then the next morning, God, remember God, the one who's in charge of everything, all of heaven and all of earth and all of sea and all of land and all human beings and all creepy crawly things, whispers to a worm, hey, there's some good eating at that bush over there. And the worm eats at the bush and the bush withers and dies. And then the sun comes up and the wind starts to blow and dust starts getting in Jonah's eyes and the sun is high in the sky and you know at about early afternoon the day is as hot as it's going to get. And Jonah is still sitting there and he's miserable. He's hot. He's sweaty. He's faint. He's weak. Okay, now, by now, a common sense person might, like, stand up and go find a different place to be. (laughs) He's still got two legs. But Jonah is stubborn. I'm just going to sit here. I just want to die. Again, if I were God, I kind of want to say, well, then go ahead, Jonah. Or to just get mad at him in return, or to give Jonah the silent treatment right back. But God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, God, instead asks Jonah a question. Is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah says, yes, <laughs> it is right to be, right for me to be angry. And God says, well, remember that bush that was there? You cared about it only when it was helping you. But then you actually cared about it when it was gone. By the way, that plant's existence was never really about you. It was here one moment and gone tomorrow. And yet you noticed it, you cared about it, And then you are unhappy when it's gone. And so you, even you miserable, selfish Jonah, if you can care about a plant for just a few minutes, then why can't I, the God of the universe, care about the city that you're looking at? All the men, women, and children that are in this city who don't really know their right hand from their left, do do all these individuals, and there's animals in there too, they have pets and livestock, there's mice running around down there. I care about those folks too. And God is giving Jonah, in God's loving way, the opportunity to reflect on his life 
Or perhaps think of the world and his life with just a little bit more gratitude. I mean, what if Jonah had stopped at that moment and made kind of a gratitude list? Maybe in Jonah's state of mind, he couldn't come up with anything to be grateful for. And that's why he's like, well, I just want to die. But maybe, on further reflection, Jonah could be grateful for a God who talks to him directly. I don't get a lot of that. A God who asks questions rather than zapping him into oblivion. Could Jonah maybe be grateful that indeed God is merciful and gracious and slow to anger, both with the Ninevites and with Jonah himself? Maybe Jonah could be grateful for being rescued for drowning, right? That's kind of a cool thing. Could Jonah be grateful that the people of Nineveh listened to him as their prophet? Could Jonah be grateful that God actually cares about Ninevites and about the animals? Maybe Jonah could be grateful for God allowing him to be angry and emotional and to be himself. Maybe Jonah could be grateful for a king who listened to God and who probably thinks rather highly of Jonah right now. He could be grateful for being able-bodied, able to walk through the city and able to walk out of the heat. Because here's the thing, this book of Jonah ends abruptly. Where it ends in your bulletin, that's where it ends in the Bible. It just ends with this question. Right? Are you going to stay in this angry place? And we don't know what Jonah chose to do. Does he stay up looking out over the city in the heat and just die from thirst and heat? Does he start to soften and see things a little bit more from God's perspective? We don't know how the story ends. Or do we? Because how the story ends is up to us. It's how we live our lives and the rest of the story. It's a rhetorical device. It's the end of the novel. It's the choose-your-own-adventure that says, we who are the hearers and readers of the book of Jonah, we have to answer those questions. Just as God doesn't force Jonah or us into a different path, God leaves Jonah and us in a place where we have choices. Choices to recognize God's loving-kindness or to be bitter and resentful when we look at the world around us. The spiritual journey that God puts us on is not a forced march. The spiritual journey is an invitation onto a more life-giving path. And that path, that life-giving path, is paved with gratitude. You know, you've seen other people, maybe you imagine, right? Maybe you've had a coworker or a friend or a family member, that person who is always complaining. They're always annoyed and telling you about the things that are wrong with the world. You actually might know this person pretty well and think, there's a lot of things going well in this person's life, right? 
they family, they've got health, they take vacations. But it doesn't matter. That person is kind of just grumpy at life. And then you meet somebody else. Maybe they are in your family. Maybe there's somebody you meet at work or the community center or maybe even somebody you know here at this church who just, whose life seems a little light, lighter, lighthearted. There's, there's kind of a glow about this person. Maybe they'll tell you the good stuff that's going on. Not, not to brag about how great their life is, but to be encouraging and to lift you up. On the outside, sometimes these, the, these folks' lives have the same circumstances. But the difference is the gratitude. I mean, which person is enjoyable to be around? <laughs> which person do you want to be friends with? Which person do you think is answering God's call to be grateful? if I'm going to preach about this, I have to apply it to myself. So um, my family left already for Thanksgiving uh, on Saturday morning. I'm here today with all of you. Uh, the flight that I got tomorrow morning is at 6.20. So I could stand up here and complain about how early I, I need to get up to get there and how long my layover is and all that. Or could I be grateful that I have vacation time? that I can hop on an airplane that gets me there in a few hours. I don't have to drive, let alone take a stagecoach or walk. And when I get there, Mark's, both of Mark's parents are alive and well, and I like them. <laughs> um, and, and my daughter gets to play with her cousins. Wow, there's a lot to be grateful for. So my test is going to be, can I be grateful at 6 o'clock in the morning? But that's the end of the story of Jonah. And so I want us to get creative about what we're grateful for today. So everybody in your thing has an insert. It says, I am grateful for, but notice that it's blank. I'm going to ask, I'm going to invite you, again, this is not a forced march, I'm going to invite you to find a pen in your, in your purse or your pocket or grab the pencil that's in the pew in front of you, and if you can't find a pencil, go find somebody else who has a pencil or a pen. We're all going to come up with 100 things we're grateful for. <laughs> okay, see, now you're all laughing, right? <laughs> I ran this idea by the folks who are folding the bulletin on Thursday, and they looked at me like, well, you're going to find 100 things you're grateful for, but I don't know about me. But we are. We're going to do, we're going to do this together. So here's, um, here's the thing. One, this is optional. If you don't want to do this, you don't have to do it. Two, um, I'm a writer. I like making lists. I'm a list person. But if you just want to think about it in your head and you don't want to write it down, that's okay, too. And three, this is not a test. You are not turning this into me at the back door, right? I'm not going to grade your answers. And in fact, right, you can even, right, it's not you can even cheat, right? If somebody next to you has a great idea, hey, share it. <laughs> or be like, wait, I need some help with this one. So if you don't have somebody that you can cheat off of or share off of, you might need to scoot closer to them. 
So, okay, everybody got your pencil? Have you got your pen? I'm going to help us to think creatively about this. So here's, here's the task, right? You want to write down maybe like three to five very specific things in each category that I give you. And it's okay to have more than five in a category you're especially excited about. Um, I'd also encourage you, write them down as, they, as you think of them. You don't have to edit them and find the thing you are most grateful for. Right? You don't have to be most grateful for M&Ms. You can be grateful for chocolate. It's okay, right? Anything, anything you are grateful for can go on the list. So start with the easy ones, right? Go ahead and start with some of like the family members, friends, right? Okay, see, oh, wow, I hear, I hear this thing, right? Coworkers. Maybe you're grateful for one of those people who's grateful and who encourages your life. Right? I hope you have three to five of those folks, if not more. And, and here's the trick. You just don't write down family. I'm grateful for family. Right? You write down your sister's name. You write down your grandmother. You can even write down people who have passed away but you are grateful for in your heart. I can write down my dad. Right? You can write down every single name of every grandchild that you have. That counts. Right? Okay, you need more time? You're still writing. You're still writing. Okay. You can be, even be grateful for people who are in your life for a particular season, but they're not in your life right now. So, what about some famous people to that. Are you grateful for any particular sports players? Right? Are you grateful for any pop stars? Are you grateful for any particular political leaders? Are you great, like, who are you grateful for that has been a hero? Anybody have a famous person they're grateful for you want to share? Get our brains going? Oh, you're grateful for Jerry Lewis. Excellent. Anybody, any other famous people you're especially grateful for? Artists, pop stars, musicians. Grateful for Mozart? You guys like Mozart? Huh? Andre Bocelli. There we go. Grateful for those folks. Okay, what about grateful for people who maybe taught you something? Teachers, maybe a second grade teacher, maybe a camp counselor, maybe a pastor. Whew. But be specific. It's not just like teachers, right? I'm grateful for my band teacher in seventh grade who was really patient with me. <laughs> okay, anybody finish the first page yet? Yeah, okay, good, good. See, that's, that's about 25, so, right? Keep going. Um, here's, here's the next question. So pick a person or two from that you wrote down. What traits do they have that you're thankful for? Like, what, or what did they teach you? Right? I'm thankful my dad taught me responsibility. And he taught me about money. I'm grateful for that. Write that down. Maybe you're grateful that your mom taught you how to make the traditional Thanksgiving dish. 
Maybe, maybe your dad taught you how to throw a baseball, right? These are human experience. These are specific things, as specific as you can get. Okay, we're moving away from people. We're on to places. What are places you've gone to or visited that you're grateful for? Anybody been to Yosemite? Hawaii? Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for Yosemite. It is a stunning place in the world. Other places you're grateful for? Bryce Canyon. Where? Bryce Canyon, nice. Other places you've been grateful for? Pinecrest. Huh? Pinecrest, yes, out in the Sierras. But your list is going to be different because your list is specific to you, where you're grateful for, for being. What about places you've lived in the past that you're grateful for? Are you grateful for the place you grew up? Right? Are you grateful for the main street on that place? Are you grateful for the big sky in Montana? What about... Um, being grateful for the place that you live right now. Something you are grateful for about you, the house you the house or the apartment that you live in. Something you're grateful for about the neighborhood. I'm grateful for my garden, right? That's what I've been working on over time. I'm even grateful, as expensive as it is, that I live in California. I love California. <laughs> So I'm grateful that God called me to be at a church that's in California. Yes. What a, huh? Yeah, uh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. See, but you can be grateful for CPC too. Yeah. Right? These are all meant to be ideas, right? To keep your mind flowing. Um, uh, and another thing, when you think about places, right? Some of you have done the Marie Kondo and what possessions give you delight. What possessions do you maybe have in your home or display in a place of honor that do bring you, good, bring you delight? You're like, oh, I love that picture that my son drew when it, in the fifth grade, right? I love that needlework. Maybe uh, parts of those places or possessions are parts of your culture or heritage or traditions. I bought stuff in Japan. I love my little Japanese dishes, right? I am grateful, right, for the design of those. They're different shapes. Okay, moving on. We're going to animals, okay? Um, in my house, when I ask what you're grateful for, my daughter's first answer is always karma. Karma is the name of our Labrador. She is grateful for karma every single day of her life. I used to make fun of her to be like, can you be grateful for something else? But she is genuinely grateful for her dog every single day. So, yes, she would probably be writing out karma, 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 right? And now we have a cat, so karma and a Kiko. See, pets count. Both your present pets and your past pets who loved you, right? You can write down your childhood pet. And maybe, is there a specific characteristic about that pet you're grateful for? You're grateful for how they greet you when you walk in the door? <laughs> Are you grateful for how soft their fur is? Are you grateful that they wake you up in the morning <laughs> and get you out of bed? Are, are you grateful that they, um, they, make you, they make you go on a walk? I don't know. Um, and then... Wait, God cared about Nineveh and all the people, but he cared about all the animals. Are you grateful for specific animals? 
Land animals or ocean animals? Any animals you're particularly grateful for? Whales. Whales are super cool, aren't they? Yeah, any particular kind of whale? Gray whales, blue whales? Okay, another animal you're grateful for? Hummingbirds. Oh, aren't they cool? They are so cool. Other animals you're grateful for? Huh? Dolphins. Yeah, anybody grateful for panda bears? Right? Koala. Oh yeah, and you got to go like see a koala bear, didn't you? When you went to Australia. I hope you went down Australia in your grateful fours too. Kangaroos, yes. Yeah. Huh? Sea turtles, right? Right? Your list might be different than her list. What are you grateful for? Okay, other natural world. Um plants? Are there specific plants you're grateful for? African violets. Nice. Are you grateful for the trees changing color right now? Huh? Redwood trees. Yeah, we're in California. Redwood trees are super special. Can you hear the gratitude oozing out of Donna in this corner? She's like on it. She's like, she's writing things down, right? What about those like temporary natural phenomenon? You only see it just for a little bit. Anybody grateful for sunsets? Right? They only last a couple minutes in a day. Right? Or a rainbow. Right? When you get the chance to see a rainbow, are you grateful for that? Animal, vegetable, mineral. Grateful for any aspects of the earth, rocks, or cliffs. Right? And we talked a little bit about spaces, but are there natural places? Do you like being at the beach? Are you grateful to be able to stand at the edge of a river and fly fish? I'm looking at Terry. <laughs> you don't stand at a river, you go to a lake. Grateful for a particular lake? And you know, what about food? Are you grateful for cacao beans that make chocolate and vanilla beans that make vanilla ice cream? Are you grateful for a particular fruit? Maybe you really like uh, roast chicken, right? Okay, switching on to health and body, right? Sometimes we say we're grateful for our health, right? But are there specific aspects of your health that you're grateful for? Are you grateful for your ability to see? Sometimes I'm grateful for my immune system. I only get mad at my, when I get sick, and I go, oh, what about all those other days that I'm not sick? Right? That my immune system, all these germs are trying to get in at me, and my immune system went, nope. Shove that out of my body. What about medicines or treatments or assistance for your health? Right? I'm grateful for glasses, because otherwise I can't see you all. <laughs> right? I'm pretty grateful for that. I'm grateful for uh, Advil, <laughs> caffeine, right? All these things count. Okay, what page you all on? You better, you better be done with the first page by now, okay? We need another form. <laughs> you, you, oh, you need another page. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can add your own dots. That's, that's a, this is a good problem to have. Okay, keep going. Um, what about people who help you stay healthy? or who help you to recover? 
Are you grateful for somebody who helped you in PT? Do you remember their name? Are you grateful for what your body enables you to experience? Like, is there a particular color or flavor that you're like, wow, my tongue helps me taste that? I love the vividness of fuchsia. Okay, moving on, created world. We talked about artists, but maybe there's a specific piece of art that has meant something to you, a novel, a movie that you just love, that you watch over and over again. Maybe you like going to a play or a musical. Did you get to go see Hamilton? Are you grateful? Right? you grateful for opera? Are you grateful for Netflix? Maybe. <laughs> what about uh, inventions or technologies? Are you grateful that uh, there are electric cars? Are you grateful? I, I mean, I'm going to be grateful for airplanes because I can fly to Arizona. Are you grateful for that thing in your pocket that buzzes and gives you notifications? It's pretty amazing that you can talk to people, though, all over the world. Your family members can move to another continent, and you can have a video of them and a video of you and see their eyes. Wow. Right? Presbyterians, we believe God works in, in our human creation as well. So you can be grateful for your cell phone, for Skype. <clears throat> Maybe you're grateful for buildings or cities or architecture. Have you ever gone somewhere and just been in awe when you walk inside of a building? And you go, wow! Right? What, what building? Sistine the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. You're grateful for the Eiffel Tower. Right? Or the Statue of Liberty and what it represents. Huh? Westminster, Westminster Abbey. Yeah. Yeah. St. Peter's. Right? Uh, 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 I wrote this down. Is there a special restaurant that you really like? Aren't you are grateful for the staff and the, and the cook, a prepared meal? The, the place that you can go to that you didn't have to cook and somebody else cooked for you? Yes. I'm grateful for those places. Maybe it's just the pizza place down the street. What about hobbies? Hobbies that you're grateful for, that you enjoy, or that you see other people that you're with enjoy. Right? Maybe you yourself enjoy um, knitting. Mark really enjoys being in the, uh, in the garage. I call it making sawdust. Like, yeah, go, saw some boards. Good for you. But grateful for that creativity. Okay, now we're going to get down to spirituality. Kelly was jumping ahead, right? What are you grateful to God for? God being God, what? All these things, right? What are you grateful to Jesus for? Everything, the gift of salvation. Okay, but see, this, the everything is when you just go, we're just grateful for everything. It's like, no, 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 we're grateful for, right, the verse of the Bible that says, right, I came that you would have life and have it abundantly. I want you to be as specific as possible. All right, what are you grateful for about Community Presbyterian Church? Your pastor. Okay, write me, write me down. And the pastor is here now, and maybe the pastor who was here when you first got here. 
all that counts. Um, other things under spirituality, things that bring you joy and laughter and fun. I put those under the category of spirituality because God wants to give us those gifts. Can we be thankful for human experiences, those things that money can't buy? Are you grateful for laughter? Right? It's not a possession. It's not, right? It's just grateful that that exists. I think another thing about spirituality is dwelling, dwelling in the moment. What are five things you're thankful for right here, right now? You're thankful you can breathe in and out. You're thankful that there's electricity and lights you can see. Right? Thankful we have, like, heat in the building. <laughs> thankful that we have the freedom to worship without any fear of uh, persecution. Thankful for people to worship God with. Last category. I call this gratitude in hard times. Think back on a difficult time. What did you find yourself being most grateful for then? Cancer. Huh? Cancer. Healing from cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And for like a second chance. Like, I got a, I got a second chance. Right? You're not grateful for the cancer, but you learn to be grateful for that second chance. Yeah. What about people who show up in those times of danger, those rescuers? Who are you grateful for? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. First responders. Firemen. People who charge into danger when you're running away from it? I'm grateful that we have a system called 911 if something happens that I pick up the phone and somebody answers it and sends help. Wow. That's great. And, and we talked about second chances, but what are those things maybe you learned during a time of great suffering or crisis? Those lessons that you keep with you. Right? You're grateful that God can get you through any crisis. And you, in some ways you learn that in the middle of a really hard time. You didn't learn that when everything was going well. So again, God doesn't say, let's throw you into this awful situation. But in the middle of that moment of suffering, listen to that spiritual truth that you can really hold on to. Yeah. What are you grateful for that you easily take for granted until it's gone missing for a little bit? Electricity. Electricity. <laughs> Anybody ever break your right hand? Oh my gosh, right? If you break your hand, right hand and all of a sudden you're like, all these things that my right hand does. Yeah. Yeah, you broke your right arm, and you're like, yeah, right knees. I know you always talk about Dan's knees. Like, you're really grateful for the knees that get you from place to place until they don't work very well. Right? Ever lose your voice, not be able to speak? Yes. <sighs> the internet goes down for a whole 30 minutes. Ah! Right? <laughs> or your electricity's turned off. But, right, 200 years ago, who had electricity? Nobody. 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 
Nobody had it. Now we have it, we take it for granted, and we are grumpy when it's not there right when we want it. But 200 years ago, nobody had electricity. 100 years ago, nobody had internet. Like 50 years ago, nobody had internet, right? Um, Also, sometimes you can look at somebody else's life who's in a crisis, and then you can look at your own life and go, wow, I do have a lot, right? I told you this wasn't a test, but how, how, how have you been doing on your list? Anybody got, anybody got their list full? Yes. Yeah. So here's the thing. When we started this, you all laughed. Did you hear yourselves laugh? I said, we're going to write down 100 things you're grateful for. And you went, no, we're not. <laughs> but I think, I think in your minds, right, even if you didn't write everything down, you've now come up with 100 things that you're grateful for. Do you notice that you feel a little lighter? A little happier? A little fuller of life by remembering all these things? This is the choice that God gives us. We can sit on a hill like Jonah and just wait for bad things to happen to other people or even to us. But we can sit on that same hill and count how much we are grateful for and to see all the good that God is already doing. God doesn't make you be grateful. God doesn't make you sit down and write a list. It's an invitation. But indeed, it's an invitation that leads to life. Thanks be to God. Amen. You have been listening to Community Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Community Presbyterian Church and its ministries, come visit us at 2800 Georgia Street in Vallejo, California, or visit our website, cpcvallejo.org. You can also email us at cpcvallejo at sbcglobal.net. Have a blessed day.